Welcome to Securitas Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 56 for Monday, September 26th, 2011. I am Bill Wadman. And I am Dan Gottesman. I like the long N at the end of that. Yeah, although it's only spelled with one N. Did you know? Did you know this, Bill? There's a, an interesting tale I heard once about the last uh, last names that end with the word man, not unlike my own, and yours, too. Actually, yes. You, you know. What'd you come up with? Well, I was told, <clears throat> excuse me, I was told that uh, traditionally the last names that end with the word man are usually from the uh, German um, and Austrian region of Europe. Okay. But, um, and, you know, both Germany and, and Austria are German-speaking countries. Germanic. Germanic. Language. Um, yeah. But there's a difference. Uh, the M-A-N spelling is supposedly more inclined to be uh, Austrian, and the M-A-N-N Spelling is more inclined to be German. Got it. So Merlin Mann, for example, would be more German than if he was Merlin Mann M A N. That's that's what they that's what they say. I, I don't know how much. Uh, water I do that have holds. Austrian blood in me, but uh, the Wadman uh, supposedly came from Britain. It's a British name. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Mine, as far as I know, mine is from Austria, so that also holds water. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That was a good one. There you go. Little tidbits. Um, this weekend, I went to the Washington D.C. The Washington, our nation's capital. Our nation's capital. I was there. Amazing. I saw it. I, you know, you were made it happen. You were, uh, you were in it, as it were. Yeah. Uh, my sister used to live in Washington D.C. for years. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in the '90s and early 2000s. Did you go to school down there or something? She went to grad school at GW, hmm. and uh, not that anybody listening to this podcast cares, but she is now moving back to D.C. Hmm. in about four weeks hmm. that's to uh, to get a job at the Smithsonian. That's cool. That's coming up fast. Yeah, it, it's all happening fast. So, but the I went down there this weekend with uh, with some British friends of mine, mm-hmm. Heather and I, and our British friends Craig and Lisa, mm-hmm. and they had never been to D.C. Hmm. And so I really liked D.C. I lived down there for six months between college and moving to New York. Uh, I had a job down there, hmm. um, which, uh, you know, I like D.C. for certain things. I especially like D.C. for the mall. Mm-hmm. And and so we d- we went crazy. We went down the there. The food f- court is pretty awesome in that mall. But um, hello. Uh, we went down on Friday night and we took the Bolt bus. Have you ever taken this Bolt bus? I have never taken the Bolt bus. That's the orange one, right? Yes, apparently run by Bonanza or Greyhound. Okay. <laughs> I think it's run by Greyhound. I think Bonanza is a terrific name for a bus line. It is. Bonanza! I, I think what happened was the chi- those China buses. Yeah, the Chinatown buses. Were rocking and rolling, and the big bus carriers were like, wow, we got to get in on this. Well, yeah. I mean, th- those Chinatown buses, hell, you can get down to, like, D.C. for, like, eight bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cheap. Now, these ones aren't quite as cheap, but it's, you know, you get Wi-Fi, and it's a little more deluxe buses i think and um it was okay uh-huh. i mean going down we got we got caught in that rain Ooh. storm so going down instead of four hours it was about six hours Uck. um but we got there 
we uh, had some dinner. We went back to, uh, we stayed with friends of Heather's. And then the next morning, I made the Brits get up. And we went into town at, I think we left the house at 8.30. Um, we went downtown, went to Union Station, toured the Capitol, did the Air and Space Museum, did National uh, uh, National Archives, the American History Museum, the Washington Monument, the Vietnam Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial, wow. the, wait, I'm not even done, Holy Korean God. Memorial, the Martin Luther King Memorial, Jesus. the FDR Memorial, uh-huh. uh, and then got over to the Jefferson Memorial, and then walked, had to walk all the way up to Metro Center because the green and yellow line Smithsonian stop was, like, busted because there was some giant fair, I don't know what it was. Huh. Um, so anyway, we walked literally for about 10 hours that day. Like, we we sat down for half an hour for lunch, but otherwise we were on our feet. That's a long time to be It was feet. a very... We probably walked five miles, six miles. You know, I mean, it was like a lot of walking. Sure. Um, and uh, then on yesterday, on Sunday, we got up and we went to Arlington National Cemetery. Have you been there? Nope. Okay. In Arlington National Cemetery are a number of things, including uh, the grave of... Uh, Kennedy, JFK. Sure. Lots of and, people. And Robert Kennedy, in fact. Uh-huh. Um, and a thing called the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Mm-hmm. You know about this? I think there's a song about it. Is there really? I think the Doors had a song about it. Okay. Uh, the idea goes back, I mean, a lot of countries apparently have them. Uh, the American one goes back to the 1920s, some law was made, but they they basically got a, a soldier from World War One that was... They couldn't identify an American soldier. Hmm. And they brought him back and they put him in the sarcophagus at, at at Arlington. And since 1937, there has been an armed guard at it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. Like for almost you know 80 years now, hmm. there has been a guard guarding it. Now, just one guy? Just, yeah, well, he doesn't just stand there. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole ritual. He walks back and forth along this, this, this rubber mat. Uh-huh. It's called walking the mat. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 steps in either direction, 21 seconds at each end, and then he flips his gun around and he goes back. And then once an hour uh, at this time of year, sometimes it's half an hour, sometimes at night it's two hours, um, they do a changing of the guard, which is all very, you know, pomp and circumstance. Not pomp and circumstance, but ceremonial. like very impressive. Yeah. Very, very ceremonial. Sure. You know? Yeah. Okay. So in some ways... Arguably the most solemn, one of the most solemn places in Washington, D.C. Okay. You know, like you, you, you don't talk, you don't, you know what I mean? You, yeah, yeah. This is respect. Okay. Respect. Gotcha. Yes. Especially when the, the, the uh, commanding officer comes out and does his little thing and he's just like, look, what you're about to watch is the changing of the guard. Keep your damn mouth shut, basically is what he's saying. Hmm. They're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. They're about halfway in it. Mm-hmm. Woman's cell phone rings and she answers it. Ooh. Okay. And it's just kind of like, what? Okay. What about not only what he said? Do you not understand? Uh huh. But like, don't you? Can't you read from the way that people are standing around this and what it is, and you know, just imply certain rules of conduct? Yeah. It. It. it I, I wanted to turn around and slap the lady. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I am one of the more cynical people I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I understand that you keep your damn mouth shut. You know? Mm-hmm. 
um, I just I, I don't understand like the what people respect and why they respect it. It's interesting stuff. Like we went to National Archives, and you know you see the Declaration, you see the Constitution, you see the original Bill of Rights and stuff. Right. And you're like, okay, these are uh, okay. They're just pieces of paper, right? This isn't you know something magical or anything. No, like that. but you're t- I but mean, they're the original. There's, yeah, there's some uh, historical significance. Yeah, sure. Every uh, every like democratic you know constitution of any other country for the past 200 years is based upon this piece of paper that these guys you know finalized 200 and something years ago Mm -hmm. um and and they said do not take pictures do not do this but you know because it's these things are very fragile and the light and whatever it's already in a dark room Mm -hmm. and some douchebag pulls out a camera and takes a picture even though they we were told like at least five times do not take pictures Hmm. and i it just I don't know. I just it, it makes you it makes me question a how stupid are some people, I guess. And B should we have respect for these things? Like do these things earn our respect or even, you know, another photographer that you look up to? What does that even mean that you respect somebody, you know? Mm. Or, respect, or how you or respect treat them. something for that matter. Or respect something. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I the, the sort of outrage that you're expressing right now um you don't feel? No. I mean, I get it. But the closest thing that I get to, and I don't know why it's 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 this particular thing. Maybe it's just the first thing that comes to mind, uh, is, when, uh, is when people litter. Oh, God. That's huge. Um, I just... I was walking down the street the other day, yeah. day, and these two, like, you know, like, teenage black kids were walking down the street. One of them's eating a banana. He takes the peel and he just throws it on the street. Yeah. And there was a, there was a trash can 10 feet behind That's, him and another yeah. one 10 feet in front That's of him. That's the thing I don't understand. I mean, I guess I can uh, maybe vaguely understand the concept of throwing something. And even let, let's even give him the benefit of a doubt, right? A banana peel is biodegradable, right? It so, can break down. Sure, sure. But like, you know, like your bag full of McDonald's yeah. garbage. Uh, sitting under the seat at the subway yeah, and just leave it there. it's like, come on, dude. The, there, there's, if, there's, if there's a garbage can, even within eyesight even within 50 60 feet there's really no there's no excuse not to do that you know and the people who throw things out of their cars yep do you think that it happens do you think littering specifically happens less now than it did 20 30 years ago i don't think so what do you my question always is that people complain about how dirty the streets are and how dirty the subways are Hmm. and then people do that kind of stuff and it's kind of like different people they're not you know the people who are littering are not the people who are complaining dude what do they think happens they think that like oh well you know somebody's just going to come pick this up for me yeah that i don't know i mean my only my only you know assumption uh about how that sort of thing comes around uh is that uh you know they they were given that example obviously uh someone you know in their early a- ages you know in their early days as kids someone sort of either showed them that that was okay to do or maybe even cool to do yeah or on the opposite uh nobody ever really made a big deal about that being not okay to do you know what i mean oh, and then it drives me yeah nuts. it's just i, I don't i don't get sometimes it. you see you'll see a, a kid with parents or whatever and they'll drop something on their parent you'll see the parent drop yeah. something on the ground or yeah. just grab it out of the kid's hand and throw it on the ground yeah um and then sometimes, though, you'll see a kid drop something and the parent will go, pick that up and put it, you know. And I always kind of feel like I get a little smile inside uh-huh. when I see that. Uh-huh. But but at the same time, okay, yeah, your mom or your dad doesn't do that. But, like, isn't there a certain amount of you need to 
not just think for yourself. I mean, you could make the decision in your own head. Eh, actually, you know what? I really should throw it in the trash because then the place is cleaner for everybody, including myself. Mm. Like that's a certain amount of disrespect for your own environment, not everyone else's even, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can also extend that sort of analogy to why, you know, people are violent or, you know, why bullies, you know, pick on people or, you know, I mean, this whole this this whole thing that we're talking about is is extremely big and widespread. I mean, there's all it kinds is of, big. There's all kinds of. That's why there were like lots it. of there were lots of layers to it, which I thought it was kind of interesting to discuss. I don't know. Um, the, uh, but like, let's say those two kids who threw the banana peel. Mm-hmm. Some some people would argue, well, you should say something. But you know what? Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who are doing that stuff, if you say something, mm-hmm. then it just becomes a big confrontation because mm-hmm. they're going to double down. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what am I going to get in a fight with some kid because he threw a banana peel in the street? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then again, maybe if you go pick the banana peel up and throw it in the trash, he'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Because, you know, he's some teenager. Maybe I'm maybe I'm have some sort of adult thing. Yeah. And then there's also the other angle, uh, the other point of view that uh, says if it's a if it's a big deal, then you walk over and you pick up the trash and you do it. Right. Which I have before. Mm hmm. Not trash, but like if somebody throws something a napkin and it misses the thing, mm-hmm. and I'm walking by at the same moment, I'll grab it and throw it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you throw something in the trash and it bounces off the other side, do you go over to the other side and pick it up and put it in? If I can, sometimes yeah. sometimes the trash can is in. It's funny because that's actually happened to me a bunch of times, and I would say about a third of the time, the thing it's like it's like like it'll be like a little ball, like a you know like a receipt crumpled up or something like that, and it'll fall to like behind the trash can to the extent that I can't easily reach yeah. it you know and i'm not going to spend you know two hours not not two hours but i'm not going to stop yeah. you know stop my, my whole thing by a rat for that well or, or just like uh, you know i i tend to you know throw things away when i'm on the move you know so uh i'm not gonna you know take more than i don't know five or six seconds out of my time to uh you know to, to fix it <laughs> i know that sounds sure that sounds sort of stupid and lazy but uh i don't know that's the truth yeah, you know, do you? I mean, if when you go to D.C., you've been to D.C. I'm assuming a number of times. You're somebody who lived in New Jersey and New York, and you know, it's it's actually um, that's not it's not uh, not the case. I've only been I've only really been to D.C. once. Interesting. And uh, I mean, I've traveled through it a bunch of times. You know, it's 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 definitely you know on the way to a lot of places. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool place, if only because. You know, for example, in the Air and Space Museum, not only can you see Apollo 11 sure, capsule, sure, sure. you can touch a piece of the moon. Yeah. Like, there's a slice of the moon that's there. Yeah, yeah. And it kills me because it's right inside the front door, and it's this pillar, and it says moon rock on it. Uh-huh. And it's almost always just sitting there alone. Uh-huh. And I'm always thinking to myself, hey, everyone who's walking in, that's a piece of the goddamn moon <laughs> that you can touch. Uh-huh. Why would you know? It's almost like how could you not want to go touch that? I don't know. It's a piece of the dude. I'm it cost a hundred billion dollars. I'm get not that there, excited about just, it, dude. That's not that. Oh, it's not the God, first thing so on my cool list. I'll tell you right now. If yeah, but there's like no line. It's just standing there. It's like I'm, I'm not like, saying I wouldn't do it, but I'm not saying I'm not going to go. Like I'm not that psyched about the moon to like go all the way down to Washington see. DC just to touch the moon. Sorry. Oh, bro. see, I think that that's pretty cool. Okay. I'm not, anyway, I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm, I, I just yeah. think you and I have uh, you, you have you place a much greater priority on it than I did. Let's put it that. I, way. I'm I'm a moon nerd. It's true. Fair enough. Um, but you know, do you? It's, we went to the Capitol building uh-huh. and took a tour. 
And even though I am very cynical politically or just frustrated by the political system, period, uh-huh. you do, when you're in the Capitol or you're looking at the White House or you're in D.C. at all, even I sort of get this sense that, like, okay, no, this can work. It's just a matter of people working together versus fighting each other. And you know what? As much as they disagree and whatever, they're standing in a room that I could go in and watch disagreeing with each other or I can watch it on C-SPAN. Like, it's not happening in some room that I can't see by people I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, like that there's that there's a certain amount of um, transparency to the whole process. I mean, there is, I'm sure, a lot of, you know, stuff behind the doors, but you understand what I'm saying. That, like, that, I don't know, there's a certain amount of respect that I have for that, too. And it, seeing it in, re- in reality, in real life, sure, uh, kind of makes you, I don't know, it kind of makes you proud a little bit. Well, I, yeah, I, I share your uh, your appreciation of that. I think it's it's kind of neat that that they make it, you know, the whole for the people, by the people thing is adhered to to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you could. It, it's easy to become jaded about all that stuff. It's true. You know, um, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. And it, I, I had a shoot this morning. That I was telling you about before, and the the guy I was shooting for this magazine, total sweetheart. You know, some super rich businessman guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his assistant, kind of pain in the neck. Mm. And it always cracks me up. That's it's like the successful guy is is like a really nice guy. Like, oh yeah, sure, whatever you need. Oh yeah, you want to go over there? Oh, okay. Where the assistant's like, I I thought you could do it in this conference room. Uh huh. You know. Which, by the way, let me just say, mm-hmm. a conference room is never a good place to take a portrait. <laughs> well, it's it's never the first on the list anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, she, and and I said I said well you know is there anywhere else I could shoot whatever she goes she goes oh. I thought that that would be a good place to do it. Um, and it was like a 14 by 8 foot room with, you know... A window? It had windows. Okay. Uh, but there was, like, stuff on the wall. It was very cluttered, and it had, you know, like a, a video conferencing system on one side. You know, like yeah, yeah. how these business offices are. Sure. Um, and, like, lots of reflective stuff on the walls nice. and that kind of thing. Awesome. Um, but, but, yeah, note to anybody who's setting up a portrait session... A small conference room is not the best place to do it. Yeah. Most of the time, they are internal, too, right? So it's like all you have are... Four walls. Yeah, and some terrible lights up top. Yeah, that's true. That you have to either turn off or over overcome. Yeah, you, well, you, you got to bring your own lights and background, you know, to make your own setting. I mean, and I've, I've seen some amazing things come out of a conference room. Sure. Um, but it's definitely... I mean, that's more... You have to think of a conference room more like a small studio where you have to basically build it. Build it for scratch, and yeah. that's not really my thing. Yeah, you're, not, really, a, you you're know. not a builder. Yeah, I don't I don't have time for that. Yeah. I got 10 minutes with the guy. I'm not going to spend two hours setting up. Well, some people love that. Yeah, some people do. That's their deal. It's true. Um, do you... Do you consider... Do you think of yourself as having respect for those around you? Uh, Sure. I think so. I mean, that's a kind of a loaded question. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I guess I tend to, you know, I, I've been thinking about it. I have a feeling that I might be an introvert. Okay. Um, Explain that. Well, it's just, I just, I, I seem to be more inclined, if left to my own devices, to um, to hang out alone, you know, to, to spend time at home and, and, you know, not, not, and that's not to say that, see, I think, and I think the, the trick is, in in your definition of the word introvert, um, I'm sort of taking it on a sort of a literal 
um, standpoint. Whereas I'm not saying I'm an I'm an antisocial person. I'm not saying I don't like interacting with other people. Uh, I like going out and hanging out and doing stuff. But but I guess my my default, my leaning, if you will, my preference is towards is is towards just kind of doing my own thing. Um, so that that said, I, I guess I kind of approach the way I I uh, interact with others in a in a in a way that's that's sort of informed by by that point of view where we're like I, I would I, I I guess you know how sometimes um, I think a lot of people just sort of assume that when you're dealing with somebody you're dealing with them the way that you would want to be dealt with you know what I'm saying I'm, I don't know about you but like when I when I explain something to someone for example the golden rule yeah, yeah I guess so yeah do unto others blah 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 so I, when I explain something to somebody I am explaining it to them in a way that I would expect or appreciate someone explaining it to me, if the if the role was reversed, like I, you know, I'm answering questions that I I feel that I would be asking, you know, and I'm yeah. I'm pointing out things that I think I would be interested in, you know. So, uh, along those same lines, when I when I do stuff for other people, or you know, when I'm when I'm surrounded by other people, I tend to, you know, take a stance that I would appreciate if, it, you know, like for example, in an elevator. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will sort of take a step back and, and give a person space, and I might, you know, turn my headphones down or take one headphone out to see if somebody's saying something to me, or you, you know, or, or sure. you know, keep an eye open for for holding the door, you know, just stuff like that. Like, just you know, I, I guess my, my you're trying to lube the social system. I'm just trying to keep it as, as smooth and, and as and and as conf- conflict free and as as harmonious as possible. I guess that that'd be my my okay. my general default. Well, let's take that to an to to like one end of one extreme. Okay. Uh, let's say that you were trying to um, get a toy for your niece or nephew. Okay. Right. And you get to the store, and you and one other person walk up and are about to grab it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you fight for it, or do you go, no, you know what, you can have it? Um, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I've never been in that situation. I don't think so. I, I can't really rely on what happened last time that happened, but hypothetically, I guess um, I would wait to see what the other person did. Okay, if they just grabbed it, you would you let them have it, or would be like, I'm sorry, I was here first. Um, well, I guess it would rep- it would depend on a few other things. Okay, so let's be real specific now. How 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 bad if whether or not you could get it somewhere else? Precisely. Uh, that's definitely a huge thing. So there's a couple of factors at play. How urgent is this task? You know, is this my last possible chance to get this thing? Do, am I on my way to the party where I need to give this gift? I mean, is this like my last ditch effort? Or am I, you know, could I theoretically just go on my phone and order it from Amazon and it'll be at my house in, in two days for free, kind of, you know, for free shipping kind of deal? You know, yeah. th- those those sorts of factors come into play. How hard to find is this thing? Is this is this a limited edition thing that's only available in this one place? This is hard to find. Might be the last one you can get. Well, in that case, I might uh, I might be a little bit more uh, aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah, that's a word for it. It's uh why? What did you do? <laughs> Sounds like this happened to you. It hasn't happened to me. I just I am very much. I try to stay away from confrontation when possible. Yeah, I've noticed that about you. Um, often to my own detriment. Mm, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, that I wish the rest of the world lived according to the rules that I have in my own head. 
Right. Which it doesn't. You wish of that other people treated you as well as you treated them, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I generally feel like I treat other people better than the average person treats me. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. Um, even just like walking down the street. You know, you're walking down the street and you are going straight down a line, and somebody kind of like either moves into you or expects you to move for them yeah. instead of both of you moving to the right. Yeah. Your respective right six inches. They expect you to move a foot and a half. Yeah, you want to talk you know? another one of my pet peeves is you know something that you just reminded me of, and I, I seem this seems to be more and more apparent to me uh, these days is the general lack of awareness of one's self as far as Personal space body is space. It's like people who like will 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 take up the entire sidewalk like four people across you know yeah. and, and walk very slowly or the number one like absolute like if you want to get me upset um quickly um what you, you know you should stand in front of me on an escalator or or you know at the top or the bottom of a staircase yeah. and, and come to a stop uh as soon as you get to the end of it you know as soon as yes. you, just just stop you know don't 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 turn don't walk out of the way just get to the top of the stairs and and, and stop that's so a that's a really terrific way to to get on my nerves. Yeah, uh, and or or go down or up an escalator and take up the whole thing. Like, don't move all to the two people standing next to each other versus both of you moving to the right and being you know one up from each. Yeah, other. I mean, depending on the escalator. I mean, I I'm not as well. See, the D, the DC subway yeah. has escalators at every stop, and some of them are literally 200 feet deep. Uh huh. Like there are these big long sure, sure. escalators that take ten minutes for you to get down. You know. Wow. Um, long. Well, not that long, but you don't understand what I'm saying. I hear you. Um, and are they wide enough to accommodate two people? Oh yeah. Because here's the thing: I don't if know if everyone moves this. over in New York City, most of the escalators that I seem to run into on the subway, obviously, are just narrow enough to not really justify a two-person width. Maybe not most. About about half. Um, a lot of them are, are just, you know, just wide enough for one person where, you know, and I've, you know, sometimes you run into situations where the person, you know, will step aside so you can kind of squeeze past them. Yeah. But most of the time it's like they're they're just narrow enough where it's not worth uh, the hassle. But then at the same time, they're not really terribly long runs either. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's only a yeah. flight or two of stairs. So it's not the end of the world. Well, I think you and I are also fast movers. Yeah, that's true. I, it, it may be a bias I have, but I think slow movers should stay out of the way of fast movers. Yeah, like what was that Merlin Man thing? <laughs> what did he say? Uh, he has, you know, he has this gag. Uh, if you're, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember. Hang on, I have to look it up now because uh, now it, it, you know it's relevant. You need a clickety or clackety or keyboard. You can hear it. No, but you need a louder one. Oh, sorry. Don't have clack, one. Clack, 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 clack. Yeah, I'm not Merlin Man here. Keep moving and get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. That's basically no, there's, it. There, there's definitely some of that, too. Yeah. Um, and that that's definitely true if you're walking through New York, like places where there, a lot of tourists are. You know, you're in Times Square. You're in, outside of Grand Central. Um, or just get out of the way. You know, like like you were saying, the top of the escalator thing. Yeah, get off the escalator, walk ten feet, yeah. and, then and then make your stop. decision. Exactly. Yeah, uh, a lot. Of, so it seems to be so many people just don't get that basic concept. Do, the thing is that they do they not realize that there are people behind them? Like, does it not even cross their mind? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That I mean, that's the kind of thing I want to come up with because it's kind of like uh, you have to wonder if it's a conscious decision or if they're just kind of oblivious. And then there's also let's not forget the people who don't understand basic um, subway and elevator etiquette, where you let the person out 
first oh God, before yeah. going in. That's, that's this would all be so much smoother. Everyone just stand out of the... And sometimes when you're waiting, you get, you're getting off, and there's a lot of people there, and they're just standing there in front of you. Ugh, it's like, it's the worst. how am I supposed to get off? If you don't move. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. And then they get like upset with you if you're trying to get by them. Yeah. Um, no, there's all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Do you... Do, when You have you have heroes now? I guess so. Sure. Who, who, give me an example. Uh, I'd have to think about it. Heroes, huh? This reminds me of a grade school thing. I feel like I was asked this question in like sixth grade. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Like, wh- I guess what what what's the context? You know. Um. Well, I mean, back on our respect thing. Like, I, I guess the question is, people, someone you admire, but. More than that, you you is is admiration the same as respect? You know, uh, I, or I think are they're, they they're related? Because here's the thing, man. When you, when you ask me, like, if we're if we're writing out this list of of like what defines a hero, yeah, I find myself leaning towards relating that to people I know, people who um, I actually had some sort of a relationship with, versus. I think what most people think when they hear the word hero, which is, you know, more of an archetypal, more of a, you know, grand, yeah, you know, Michael Jackson's my hero. Sure. Kind of or Neil Armstrong or, or super but, or Superman or Batman or whatever. But for you, it's somebody, you know, I, I would sooner say it, it's like, it's my dad, you know, or, or my friend, Oh, that's interesting. You know, or someone, you know, someone who I know accomplished this particular, you know, feat, you know, or, or did this particular thing. You know, I, I, I tend, I don't know. I, I just, I, I tend to, to feel more of a, of an appreciation, more respect. And I guess this, it's interesting. I never really thought about this exact thing in this way, but I tend to be more of a, I guess we'll use the words local kind of guy instead of a global kind of guy. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I spend more time thinking about and considering, uh, people who are immediately in my life, you know, within, you know, within a phone call or, you know, within physical proximity to me versus people who, uh, I have no means of, you know, interacting with or, you know, or seeing or, or knowing in person. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, and I, you know, I mean, the, the thing that just sort of popped in my head is, is like when it comes to, uh, to sort of charity or helping people who are, um, you know, lesser, off than you, so to speak, you know, people who, 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 who I, I would sooner help somebody who is right next to me than mail a check somewhere, so to speak. Does that make sense? Sure. No. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I, I have more of an effect uh, on, on my immediate surroundings than my global surroundings. Um, is, is that because you feel like you need to see the results? Um, it could be. Yeah, that that's a pretty good way of putting it. I think it's it's that's a safe thing to say. It's like I, uh, you know, I, I like to you know I like to see the 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 progress. You know, I like to I like yeah. to see that the difference that I'm making. I like to see whether or not what I'm doing is is good or bad or help you know feedback, um, yeah. some sort of a response, an actual measurable you know f- you know f- tangible feelable <laughs> response. Um, and you think that good. that do you think that's the same reason why you. Uh, for example, wouldn't find, say, Neil Armstrong as your hero because you wouldn't know if Neil Armstrong cared or not? 
cared if I felt that way. You mean? Yeah, I mean, no. do, I mean, do, do, is is there some sort of mutual respect thing that you're looking for uh, when you admire somebody? You know, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, because it's funny because it kind of goes both ways. I think there's a certain this this gets into you know why why people do things for one another, right? So sometimes um, someone will do something for somebody. Um, and you know, there's a, you can, you can make this argument that they're really doing it for themselves because when you do something nice for someone, they will thank you, you know, they'll, they'll give you some sort of gratitude and the gratitude feels good, right? That's so by helping somebody, you're helping, you know, they're, they're giving you, they're paying you a compliment. They're giving you gratitude or, or if you want to extend that even further, when you help somebody, um, they might be that much more inclined to help you in the future. So there's a okay. sort of a mutual, you know, the opposite of mutually uh, assured destruction, which is, you know, mutually assured beneficial, you know, benefits, you know, it's like, you know, we both, I do this, I scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of thing. Um, and if that's the case, is that a bad thing? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm saying that, that, that is a thing that humans do. And I think the, it kind of ties into what you're talking about as far as the respect and appreciation thing um you know it, that's a very it's a very biological way of looking at it mm-hmm. like people only do nice things in order to get ahead themselves well, it, essentially I think, what you're saying. I think that yeah i think that makes sense to me i think that, do you think that that's true i do i do. well that's that's a pretty explicit not explicit but you know simplified uh way of, of, of putting it but I, I couldn't argue with with that sentence Hmm. Um, cause I mean, you could, you could boil just it feels about, cynical to me, I guess so, but you can I, boil I, just about anything, any, anything down to those, to that basic concept, right? No, you're, you're not incorrect in the facts that you're giving. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm too much of a romantic to accept that as, as the, the reason as the core, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I'm, if that's all it is, then that's kind of s- crappy. Why is it crappy? I don't know. It's kind of like saying that, uh, you know, um, because there are things that you do that isn't, you know, I guess, isn't the definition of love sort of the idea that, you know, I'm going to, I'd be willing to sacrifice for you, not for anything other than the fact that I really care about you, you know, isn't that a lot to do with how that all gets defined? I'm not sure what you mean. Um... I don't know. It just feels very cynical. It feels very, uh, um, feels very, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the book where the kids are on the island? Lord of the Flies? It feels very Lord of the Flies. Huh. In like a global sense, you know? I guess. Manipulative? Manipulative, sure. You could say that. I, I, I guess my, if I were to... Do you feel that way if somebody does something nice for you that you feel obligated to do something nice back to them? It's a good question. It depends on the, it really depends on the context. If we were to generalize, I would say by default, yes. Uh I think the general expectation is that when when somebody does something for Actually, here's an interesting little story. I was I can't remember if I was reading this or watching it or whatever, but some some scientists were were doing these um experiments in artificial intelligence and they were trying to figure out how to design and i think this might have been in 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 a video game context but i think it 
it transcends that. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how to how to design the 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 most successful artificial intelligent um, artificial intelligence to be an opponent in a in a in a battle sort of situation. You know, in a in a, okay. in a game. And so they were they were feeding all of these different tactics and strategies and circumstances and what have you. Prisoner's dilemma stuff. I guess so. Uh, and what I remember, I don't remember too many of the of the details. I wish I I could uh, I could recall exactly where it came from. But here's what I took away from it, and what, what I thought was really interesting. And they said that the most successful AI. Yep. There's there's there were basically three three different sort of stances. They could narrow it down to three basic stances. One is to be offensive and to to always attack. One was to be always defensive and only only attack when attacked. And then there was the one in the middle, which was the, uh, you be nice, you know, you don't attack unless you're attacked. And then when you're attacked, you attack back, but then you don't attack anymore until, until, you know, you've, you basically uh, make the move your opponent made last time. Kinda. Yeah. Basically you only, you only strike when struck. And then once that, once that conflict is over, you revert back to neutrality. You know, you revert back to Classic game theory stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think that that sort of applies. You to think what, it to what? You applies for good stuff too. Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. That's I mean I think that's how I that's how my brain works. Um, so if somebody does something good for me, I will I will do something good for them, uh, and then you know I'm not going to necessarily bend over backwards and do nine good things in a row, but yeah. I'm not going to let it. You know I'm not just going to let that fly. You know I'm not going to let it go unnoticed. You know I'll, I'll do do what I can to help somebody out. So have you ever paid for somebody else's, say, uh, um, toll sure. behind you? Sure. In fact, just this weekend, uh, I was at uh, at a bodega, and this old guy was having some trouble counting out coins. He was trying to buy, like, I don't know, some bananas or something like that. I can't remember. And the lady at the counter was trying to explain to him that he was, like, 75 cents short. You know, I, I was just buying, like, a Snapple or something like that. And, she, you know, I had a, I had 70 – my change was 75 cents. So I just left it on the table, you know, and, and I looked at her. And I'm like, here, just just take it. Uh, and you know, and that was that. You know, um, so you did. What did you expect from the guy? Nothing. Okay. Well, that doesn't that disprove all that you've been saying. You weren't you weren't expecting anything from him. No, no, I know. You did it spontaneously. No, that, that's not what I'm. Yeah, I understand. I did that spontaneously. Uh, now, there's also let's if you want to get into that end of well, things. Uh, there's another. Well, you you could you could argue that it made you feel better. It's true. It did make me feel better. Hmm. It also I, it just it felt. Here's the other thing. Sometimes. Sometimes your instincts kick in and you get you get a a hunch about whether something is a good idea or a bad idea. I don't know I don't know if you if your brain works this way but my, this is the way mine works and for the most part it's worked out really really well for me. I I have these weird uh intuitions about whether or not I should do something or I shouldn't do something. And sometimes uh you know I'll I'll bend over backwards. I'll I'll make an actual, you know, concerted effort to do something that in the in the immediate short term doesn't seem to have very much of a return you know like me doing this doesn't really benefit anybody uh doesn't benefit me i should say um today or or tomorrow even but at at some point i know that it'll 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 come back you know what i'm saying it'll 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 i'll get the benefit from that in the future do you think people call that karma yeah i, I what what i'm what i'm trying to talk about now is oftentimes described as karma or kismet or or whatever you want to call it, uh, paying it forward, that whole thing. And I see the, the. I mean, I don't. I don't have a problem calling it those things. I mean, sure, you can call it that. Um, I, but I don't like. I don't know. It, it's um, that you have to feel it. You know what I'm saying? You have to. 
your, your instincts need to tell you that it's the right thing to do. You can't you can't just go doing it for the sake of doing it uh, or doing it because somebody somebody tells you to. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to you have to sort of want to do it, and it has to feel sure. like the right thing. Uh, I feel like because sometimes people go, you know, with the whole karma thing, and they and they take it too far, and they make it an intentional. You know, they they actually actively go out trying to affect it, and and it just doesn't work that way. You know, there, there's certain opportunities, certain situations that will come up, you know, out of your control. And you're presented with this choice, and uh, for me, you know that that's how it's that's how I would explain it anyway. So for me, uh, I'll make that choice, and sometimes I'll do it, and sometimes I won't. You know? Does it bother you that certain? Uh, does it bother you if somebody doesn't have as much respect for you as you think you deserve? Uh, again, he's somebody in a social situation, it, it, and and they're just like, oh, you're a photographer. They can. It mm-hmm. depends on the. It depends on the circumstances, man. It depends on who that person is. It depends on how I met that person. It depends on, you know, on on what the what the context of the conversation of the meeting is. You yeah. know, I mean, oftentimes, you know, someone will say, say, you know, that might happen, and and I'll know that they they don't know. You know, this is you know I, I I can't blame them. You know, I would I could say you know if we were if the if the situation was re- was reversed, I would feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 all a very interesting thing. It's a, there are people that you meet when you're out and about, or you know at a bar, or, you know friends of friends or coworkers of friends, who uh, you know before they know anything about you, or they're talking to you for twenty minutes and they don't seem like they have any respect for you, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it comes out, oh, you're that guy or you have that job or you or you, you know, know this person. You know, yeah. sometimes it's simple as that. Right. Or you watch this show or, yeah. or you're a fan of that team. Oh, we're, yeah. we're or you went to that school. Yeah. We're brothers now. You know, it's and, like, yeah, on. all of a sudden it's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty interesting um, how, the, how the brain can uh, can. Fl- and this this circles around to that thing we were talking about before, which is um, familiarity. You know, and this is yeah. this is this is why people get famous and successful. Um because it's because of familiarity it's because once once there's this weird wall that goes up and depending on which side of it you're on that affects how well how not how well but how you are treated how you are regarded by by whoever you're uh interacting with yeah it's kind of nuts yeah it's very interesting mm-hmm. it's fascinating and that, that's what that's how con artists work man con artists yep. uh are masters of of manipulating that wall you know and and yeah tricking you not necessarily tricking you but you know manipulating people into uh thinking that i mean you know con artists and social engineers guys you know guys like kevin mitnick you know who are experts at at uh talking people into uh giving them their passwords and letting them into places where they might not otherwise belong uh you know when we were uh down in dc we went to the vietnam memorial you know what i'm talking about Oh, the big black wall with the names the big black wall with the names yeah and I always find that one interesting because there was such when we were little kids that was sort of going up, right? It was like when we were teenage, like young teenagers. I guess I think it was like mid eighties, mm-hmm. um, and there were a lot of people who were very upset about it. Oh yeah, because they said it was depressing. It was uh, um, uh, uh, defeatist. That it didn't show respect for the lives that were lost. You know, even though it put all their names up there, mm. it like wasn't um, grand enough. Mm. You know mm-hmm. that it was cut out of the ground as opposed to soaring above. You know all these kinds of things. So th- they just built a World War II memorial down there, and it cost two hundred million dollars. Which, if you see this thing, 
you're like really 200 it cost 200 million dollars to build this um somebody made a lot of money off of this yeah um and it's big and it's like this big sort of ovular thing that you walk into and there's pillars and each one represents places where uh 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 American armed forces people were from so it's the 50 states plus like the Philippines and Hawaii wasn't a state at the time and you know that kind of thing yeah um, and then on one end was Atlantic and the other end Pacific right. you know like it was it was so uh, um, obvious you know it was so just kind of like wow really cut and dry really no imagination in here at all um, and it got really mediocre reviews and I have to agree with them, and it's kind of this thing where um, it's the same thing. The Enola Gay, you know what I'm talking about? The uh, plane mm-hmm. that dropped the Hiroshima bomb. Yep. The Smithsonian cleaned it up, and about ten years ago, they put it in the Air and Space Museum for a short showing before they moved it to somewhere else. Um, and they had the fuselage there, and the whole like you could like look in the bomb. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. And as part of the exhibit they put together, they put together. Uh, they put pictures of the results of the bomb that it dropped, obviously, mm-hmm. right? I mean, sure. this is, you know, big stuff. Sure. The uh, uh, American Legion, I guess, and other things said, oh, you're just beating up America, and it's, you know, liberal this and whatever that. And, you know, these guys were just fighting the war, and they just wanted the war to end, and, like, and the Japanese were going to, you know, we were going to lose a million men if we attacked the homeland and all that kind of stuff, you know. Hmm. Um and in the end, the uh, the Smithsonian caved, and they pretty much removed all of that stuff. And really, what was just up there was the plane, with absolutely like no uh, like surrounding materials. Hmm. And at the end of it, they had like these uh, index cards out, which had which they asked you know if you wanted to comment. And I wrote a couple index cards out, and I was kind of like you know, yes, this happened. Yes. Uh, you know, 90 million people were killed in Hiroshima, that kind of thing, you know. Um, and yes, the guys who did it, I don't think that they are themselves... 90 million? Ni- uh, 90,000, rather. I was going to say, dude. That's a lot. 90,000 people died. Uh, I don't think that the people on the plane were Satan, you know. <laughs> I think that they were, you know, t- doing their orders, and, you know, maybe they thought they were doing... What they were doing was right. Um, but... But for for us to sixty years later, fifty years later, say, you know, go rah rah, go go America, and not take into account the fact that all this stuff, I think that takes that's less respectful to the people involved to sort of like whitewash the whole thing, yeah, you know, and not talk about both sides. Like even in World War II, it's like there were atrocities on both sides, on all sides in any war. It's true. I mean, you can make the happen. argument that the the Nazis, yeah. were just doing their jobs too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the 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 guys. If America didn't win the war, the the you know the 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 bombardier on the Enola Gay would have been brought up on war crimes charges. Totally, but he wasn't because we won. Hey, we won. Yep. Right, and so it just becomes this really weird value judgment about what is right and what is wrong, and and why we have respect for people and how we respect people, and and it's just it's just very interesting going between the World War Two memorial, which is just big rah-rah and absolutely no personality or interest at all to me. Right. Um, and then going to the Vietnam one, which everyone hated, but which is one of the most visited places in Washington, D.C. Yeah. 
and it almost seems like well obviously the detractors really don't understand what people really want because apparently what they really want is the personal thing you know which may not be as advantageous from a propaganda point of view but is is more more respectful to the people who actually were involved i don't know it's i, I don't know what i'm trying to say here except to say <sighs> i don't know it's just it's very it's a it was a very odd place to go and see all this stuff and it got me thinking about all this kind of stuff yeah obviously it sounds like it uh got you thinking you think i'm crazy i know you're crazy dude there's no yeah. there's no question of that i think we're both yeah. a little crazy but hmm. but uh, that's okay, because crazy people are the ones who get stuff done. You think that's true? Totally, dude. I mean, it's not it's not an exclusive thing. I mean, there's definitely non-crazy people who get stuff done, and there are crazy people who don't do anything. But yeah. uh, but I, I would say that uh, if you were to if you were to somehow magically be able to to make this big old list of cool things that have happened, you know, in the world, and who did them. Uh, there would be a pretty high concentration of crazy people on the list. Because <laughs> the people who are indoctrinated are not going to change the system. They are the system. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's weird. And interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, you got anything else on the hopper while we're at it? Uh, I feel like we, well, there was one other thing we were wanting to talk about, but... Um, I can't remember what it is. Well, what we, we, right when we were... But maybe right before we hit record, we were talking about something. A tech thing? I don't remember. Was it a tech thing? No. Could have been. What's that? Could have been. Could have been. Uh, I don't know. We were talking about mic stands. We were talking about your Mac Pro being faster. Yeah. I don't know. That's none of that stuff? No. I can't remember anymore. You know, I need to find a new photo bag. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I want one bag that I can fit my little light stand, yeah, an umbrella, yeah, you know, a couple strobes, little strobes, yeah, speed lights, and then like my camera gear with three or four things, almost like a big duffel bag kind of thing. Really? You know, like a well, I mean, I would rather have it be a backpack, but the backpacks all look so cheesy to me. Have you seen the Think Tank Shapeshifter, the one I have? Yeah, you like that one. It's really I've been loving that bag. Uh, a lot of those backpacks, even empty, feel heavy to me. Well, that's the thing about the shapeshifter is what what its sort of claim to fame is that unlike a traditional camera bag, it doesn't have those rigid dividers in it, which right. take up weight. Uh, it uses um, neoprene pockets, uh, and it has five or six of them, you know, uh, like of several sizes. So theoretically, you could put two two bodies. And three or four lenses in there. In, yeah, I can in, see that. But I, I, I wonder. I need one that's a little taller because I need to be able to fit. You know, well, you can an umbrella. You can stick an umbrella, uh, a double fold umbrella, in there easily. And um, uh, I've definitely stuck a tripod and or, you know, one of the simple little Manfrotto five section light stands that we all have, um, yeah. fit in there, no problem. Or you, you know, even if it's just sticking out the top, or there's a little, there's that has these cute little um, straps that you can add or remove to put it on the outside of the bag kind of hanging off the back which i've done before um i don't know man there's i mean we could talk about it there's tons of options i i tend here's there's almost too many well so here's the thing let's talk about this for a second um as far as camera bags are concerned 
there are like um, a couple of ways of, of approaching it. What the way I choose which bag because I have a handful of bags. I have several different bags. Sure, as and, do every photographer. I think. Yeah, and my bag choice um, depends on the context of the shoot. Depends on what we're shooting that day. So if I am, for example, let's say the the, the shoot is going to be one where I know it's going to be a pseudo studio shoot where I'm not going to be moving around. I'll be able to just set up a little corner, you know, table with all of my stuff. Uh, I will bring a bag like, um, like my Pelican case or a backpack that I can just set down and keep open and just kind of return to, I can keep things there. But if there's, uh, if the shoot is such that I know I'm going to need to be moving around a lot, like if I'm covering an event or if, uh, we have like seven or, you know, a bunch of different shots that we need to get and we're not going to have, you know, the luxury of, of just setting up in one spot. Uh, and I'm going to want to keep my stuff on me and keep myself mobile. Uh, I'll want a bag that I can wear or that I can easily pick up and set down without having to worry about like stuff falling out of it. So like with a backpack, that's the one downside to most backpacks. In in my opinion, is that like you you can't really wear a backpack unless you put it on both shoulders and, and you can't really get at the stuff while you're wearing it. You know, it's like you kind of have to take the backpack off or wear it half on half off to access the stuff inside it. So a traditional, you know, satchel style camera bag style, you know, where the thing can be worn in front or on the side or behind you with one strap makes a lot more sense. Um, the problem is that those, you know, those can get a little bulky. Um, and then the, the, uh, the other sort of odd man out, um, is, is the belt system, um, which if you need to, you know, you need to travel really light. You don't want to, you don't want to look like a photographer, so to speak. You don't want to have a bunch of, you know, crap on, you know, in, in a giant bag that you have to constantly kind of whip around, you, but you still need to have one or two, like one or two strobes or one or two lenses, you know, at close, close hand, the, uh, the belt the belt system works out really well. So those are, those are my three modes depending on the shoot. Uh, yeah. I want to, I want to be able to walk into a shoot with one bag that has my stand, a 32 inch soft lighter, which isn't double fold. So it's, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- probably 24 inches long. At least You're not going to find a bag. I, I I'll tell you right now, I would not look for a bag that can fully contain that. What I would look for is a bag. I know. So what I- what's frustrating is that my backpack, my green backpack can contain it. Really? Yeah. It just, it like, it just fit. It's like, it's got an inch to spare. Interesting. Uh, so it goes all the way to the bottom, all the way to the top, but it doesn't hold my camera very well. Like, I could put my camera in, like, a laptop bag in there well, what, and stuff it in. Why don't you get one of those crumpler bucket style bags that's just, you know, you've seen those that I have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, but I also feel like, I don't know, it's just like, it's trashy walking in with my, whatever it's called. With your crum- you know, like, with I want a, I want a decent look. No, it's not a crump. I, my crumpler's fine. Uh-huh. The green one isn't crumpler. I don't know who the hell makes it. It's a big shot. Oh, I think it's a uh, North Face. Yeah, it just it looks like I'm backpacking through Yosemite, not walking into a photo shoot. Right. Yeah, and that's the, the one I have. So I when I'm when I'm carrying a bunch of stuff, when I'm carrying like a whole bunch of stuff, I I, I default to doing two. I have those two crumpler buckets. Um, one for lights and one for camera stuff, and they sit perfectly on top of each other in my, you know, my Kelty backpack, which also is big enough to hold uh, stands either inside or outside strapped to it, um, yeah. and it's wide enough to accommodate reflectors and, you know, other 
and a yeah. laptop if I need to, you know, and, and I, I personally don't mind. I, I mean, what I do is I, and then I take all that stuff out. I take those two crumpler bags out and those look like camera bags and I'll just set those down and they look like a, a proper yeah. camera bag. So I don't feel too, too weird looking like that. It's almost as if I want a nice, you know, like the coach leather briefcases that like lawyers use, you know, the fold over the yeah, top yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I want like the equivalent of that that I could fit my stuff in. I know it's it's it would be bigger than that and everything. Well, I just want something like really nice that I can fit all in one thing. You know what you should look at, man. Uh, if you have the if you have that desire, the like Lightwear and Tenba make those air cases. Uh, yeah. You've seen the, the, the Lightwear case that I have for my uh, for my White Lightnings. That little yeah. that 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 case that that thing can be conformed into many different shapes and sizes uh you're not you're not going to be able to fit your stands in there but they do make one that's big enough that you can um and and that's a super pro case i mean that and those things are really solid too they're really durable yeah no i'm a fan of tenba stuff i used to have tenba stuff uh yeah the tenba stuff is the stuff that's got it generally has like the blue highlights on it uh and yeah. lightwear stuff is the red uh and then the other thing you could do is you could also go pelican you know get yourself a, a pelican rolling case i know and call it a day because then those things yeah. are waterproof you can stick those uh anywhere I know, it just it just all feels so it's either so utilitarian like the pelican mm-hmm. or it just feels junky and trashy like you're wearing a backpack you know like 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 I'm still in college <laughs> you know whenever I wear a backpack that's what it feels like even if it's a nice backpack it feels you're talking about the the north face bag that you have or even my uh um crumpler backpack yeah you know it's like the, it, it like just wearing a backpack even though it's better for my back and I have a bad well, the, back. and then the, the other the final approach is to get like a, a roller a roller case and that's actually a lot of people like to the, the, if I had to you know to, to guess that's the most common bag used like the think tank airport extreme or whatever the hell they call it you know those roller bags yeah. um, and some of those are nice because they also have like retractable hideaway backpack straps so you can wear it as a backpack um, but they have the nice you know telescoping handle and then you can drag it behind you it's got the roller blade style wheels uh, they hold a ton of stuff, and they're really freaking solid. You know, they're heavy, uh, even empty. They, they weigh a good 15 pounds empty, 10, 15 pounds empty, but they're solid, and they hold a ton of crap, and they look pro. You know, they're... Yeah, the whole rolling thing feels weird to me, too. Well, I don't know. I can't... I can't there's nothing that's going to make me happy. Hey, I'm, that's what I've just decided. Just trying to help, man. That, I mean, no, no, you're you're very helpful. <laughs> I just It's one of those things where there's so many options, and none of them quite fit. You ever feel well, that way? I, yeah, that's why you you get multiple things and you you adapt yeah, to the I situation. I have multiple things. Well, then you and adapt, adapt. You know. Yeah, I mean, my system I have now works. It just feels. I just, it just feels kludgy. You know. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I hate feeling kludgy. I understand. It'll be okay, Bill. <laughs> but I have all kinds of blisters on my feet now from the weekend walking. Yikes! Get some sensible yeah, shoes, man. I was wearing very nice, keen hiking shoes. We just happened to walk 10 miles. You no, know, that's a lot of walking. There's a certain point at which even good shoes. Yeah, that, that happens to me when, when I entertain a, an out of town visitor. I mean, that, that can happen to anybody here in New York because New York is also yeah. a very walkable, walkable, friendly town. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, you've walked, you know, five times more than you normally do during the course of your regular day. <laughs> you know where I ended up? Uh, blisters is actually kind of between my toes, oh, where my toes rub against each that's other. That's the worst. Did you ever have that? No, I tend to get blisters on the back of my heel or on the bottom of my, like, on the ball of my foot. Yeah, like on the corner of, like on the side, sort of bottom side of my toes where they bump into each other is where I got blisters. Or sometimes, depending on the shoes, I'll get one on, like, the outside of my pinky toe. Sure. You know, just from, because I, I have a wider, wider than average foot. 
So sometimes that'll happen to me. Your foot is wider than average? I would say. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, talk to you next week. Yeah. Oh, wait. Do we want to do anything? Do anything what? I don't know. A little bit of oh, where we can get a hold sure. of us. Sure. Might as well. All right. Where can they find us, Dan? They can find us on the internet, Bill. <laughs> Thank you. See you next Yeah. Time. <laughs> so just go to the internet and type in circuitous conversations with Bill and Dan, and you'll, you'll find us right away. We're the only ones with that name. Um, and you know what? What what'll happen is you'll you'll either be brought to uh, circuitous.tv or uh, there's there our our Twitter feed, which is uh, circconv, which is interestingly enough, uh, the uh, circuitous conversations in in uh, Google gives you the first one is the iTunes. Oh, how about that? And circuitous.tv is one, two, three, four, fifth down. Oh, we need more people linking to us, bro. Yeah, because they're linking apparently to my blog because the other ones are on taking pictures. That's true. Well, you, you did post them for a long time over there, yep. so that makes sense. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I I mean, we're, Bill and I are both on Twitter. Uh, you can use at our names, like at Dan Gottesman or at Bill Wadman. We have the, the, the CircuitCon Twitter account. We have uh, an email account. We have uh, the website. I mean, really, there's, there's virtually no way that you can miss us on the Internet. I guess sure. the only thing we don't really have is a Facebook fan page. God, please no. But, uh, I'm done with Facebook. Yeah, it's starting to get on my nerves. I, 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 I really only use it when I have to now. Yeah, I use it as a publishing platform. I don't use it to, you know, interact with people. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Problem is, is that that's where a lot of people are. It's true. Facebook is the new AOL. But you know what? I think they're kind of at the peak. Yeah, we'll see. Something, something's gonna happen. I think they're like. You know, uh, kind of, people are starting to get upset. <laughs> yeah, well, people. Are, I mean, you saw that that awesome GIF floating around with that guy arguing about Facebook and Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I didn't see that, oh, but I'll check it out. See if I can find it for you. I'll link to it. Oh, hey, one last thing. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I took a picture and put it on my blog of Grace Hopper's. Uh huh. Yeah, I saw that. Thing. Did you see that? I did. I got a kick out of that. That woman is badass. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes too for. As an yeah, Easter egg, so cool. if you guys want to do some extra credit reading, because we don't have more time to talk about it now. But that's good stuff. Indeed. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.